Live. Welcome everybody to Ask a Wizard. How are we doing? How are you? How's life going during this amazing Corona? Corona. Chan. Epidemic. You may have noticed cases have started to sharply decline. We've reached uh, peak infection. We're realizing that um, the news is starting to dry up a little bit, isn't it? They're kind of just doing the repeats. In fact, I think, don't quote me on this, I'm not invested too much, but I heard the stock market has been up um, and a lot of the chaos is beginning to settle down and we're entering into a phase with the coronavirus that is, and yes, I said the actual word because uh, victory is nearly at hand. Uh, just a few weeks uh, away from my prediction time, I think one week actually, and you will see the start of small businesses beginning to open up. And then after that week, uh, by the end of April, things should have cleared up to more or less normal. You'll have a few restrictions here or there, but that is my uh, prediction based on... Uh, well, we'll explain it at the end, how I was able to tell you guys all the stuff that happened in advance. And if you go back through the history of these videos, you'll see, uh, you know, seven, eight, maybe nine different very specific, highly uh, time-oriented predictions related to the beer sniffles. And uh, you can verify it for yourself in real time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, good news to hear. Today we're going to be talking also about a podcast that was recommended to me uh, by a lot of owls. You guys were really uh, excited for me to see this podcast because uh, I have four different owls recommended to me. And I, uh, like, independently, or maybe you guys worked together and did it. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it's... It was really underwhelming. You guys are, you're like, this is exactly what Tyler wants to hear. Tyler is going to be so into this. And off the bat, you should have known, a modern day thinker, probably not going to be someone I'm too much into because I don't like, uh, I like to go to the old things, uh, the old sources of information. Not because necessarily that older is better, though I think there's merit to that. Things were uh, held to a higher standard when we worship truth. Um, as a society, as a collective, obviously some of us still worship, worship truth like myself, but there was a lot more of that. That was the, that was the norm was the worship of truth and welcome Alex. And it's, so it's not so much a matter of, Hey Jess, how's it going? Welcome Jess. So it's not so much a matter that all things that are older are better. It's more that old things have gone through a deeper filter and basically what that means is the older something is and the fact that it's still here is telling me that this was something that society said is worthy. Eat some of those hearts real quick. Sorry. I uh, get hungry sometimes. Um, so more or less what these things mean in general is so older ideas have gone through more filters. Uh, if a book from Aristotle is 4,000 years old. That means there was a unbroken chain between the creation of that information to now that was preserved because that information was considered so valuable that it needed to be preserved. So when you consider the information from that perspective, um, older information is just more effective and better because it's survived more over time. People have passed it down and said, yes, this needs to be read. Yes, this needs to be read. Versus today where you're, you're at the top of the funnel. We haven't seen anything get filtered out yet. Um, and you know, 90 to 98% of that stuff is going to be garbage. So why waste your time trying to find the 2% when history already did that for you? So that's kind of why I like to go to older information. Jess says she's all right. Glad to hear Jess. 
Uh, by the way, if you guys would like to get a free reading, all you need to do is like, follow, and share to get share next to your name, and that will qualify you for the $10 reading. We will give a $10 reading away to three people. All you need to do is like, follow, and share to get share next to your name, and that will qualify you for the $10 reading. So go ahead and do that whenever you feel like it. So that takes me to the podcast, though, which was the the podcast that was recommended to me was an interview with Joe Rogan and Eric Weinstein, who proposed just coming off as a very disturbed, sad, really fearful person who's just kind of condescending, wrapped up in their own mind, just like a standard worm behavior kind of guy of like, I'm really in charge. I know what's going on behind the scenes, man. I know the secrets. And if everyone was as smart as me and as wise as me, then they could see the truth. And then you have the false humility thing, which is just super annoying. I know that that's like, they push that trend. I don't know what's up with that though. It's like, be honest about your skill sets. Be honest about your failings. Why not, instead of trying to be humble about false humility, why not just be objective and honest? I I prefer to be objective. Like when people ask me if I'm good at magic, I tell them, yes, I'm I'm very good at magic. I've spent, since I was eight years old doing it, I put out one hour to two hours of content of brand new readings every day, Monday through Friday. Yes, I'm very good at magic, okay? (laughs) Am I good at speaking German? No, I suck at it. I can't, I can't do that. Am I good at spatial awareness? I'm, I'm horrendous at it. Am I good at a whole host of other things? No, and and that's not about humility. That's about just being objective and honest with yourself. So that really peeved me about Mr. Eric Weinstein. But the main thing that they wanted me to focus on, hey, Jasmine, how's it going? Welcome, Jasmine. For the, uh, the owls wanted me to focus on is this theory of time and space where he says, I'm not trying to uh, overcome Einstein. I'm trying to... Uh, you know, resurrect him. And it's just this bizarre psycho babble of just nonsensical, complete logical contradictions of like, well, what if a hand came into existence and drew itself? It's like, okay, a hand came into an existence and drew itself. Those hands still have to have a final, a start point. Have you read Aristotle? He kind of addressed all of that a long, long, long time ago. What? You couldn't, and it was really strange because you know that he has the knowledge because he references first principles. I'm getting the impression the guy he references, his brother, Brett, um, used first principles to identify an obvious problem that was already well known. Um, But he seems to be really intent on saying was a brand new discovery. It's like, no, everyone knows that peer review has been really crappy. We, We understand that peer review is crap. It's called the reproducibility crisis. Now, what his brother did do, which is awesome, is he found a specific flaw. One of the flaws that he found, um, I mean, it still needs to be tested, of course, but he found that the lab rats have uh, different genetics than a standard lab rat. So the tests that they've been doing with lab rats aren't reproducible for humans or aren't as good as a one-to-one ratio for humans because they're basically genetic anomalies. So that was kind of what was going on there. Hey, DJ, how's it going? Have you ever done LSD? Hands out of nowhere drawing themselves. I have not done LSD. I I tend to try not to poison my mind for no reason. Um, I like the ability to use my consciousness. And like, it's like the monks, you know, uh, what Carl Jung said, uh, be be wary of unearned wisdom. Um, You can through mental imaginations, through developing paracosms, have much more powerful 
um, I guess you could call them hallucinatory, but imaginative states, a paragasm, and have full control over it or not have control over it, you can choose. You, you're, you're, you're able to control your imagination. So cultivate your imagination as a discipline rather than lending it to the hands of something that could just take the wheel and run it for you. Um, Jasmine says, hey, wizard. Hello, Jasmine. Hi again. Uh, thank you, Claire, for the share. I appreciate it. So yeah, so back to Eric Weinstein. So Eric Weinstein's brother used first principles to identify a problem in test related using test rats because their genes are different. Um, so he knows what first principles are, but what I'm getting the impression of is Eric really wants to be smart like Brett. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the idea. Is it's like uh, he wants to be the special boy too. He, he, I'm special. I'm really smart. He's smart, but I'm also smart. You know, maybe a little sibling rivaling going there. But he used first principles, but he, at his very start of his argument, his theory that he's going to overthrow Einstein, um, which, okay, <laughs> great, good job. Um, hands writing hands still falls for those first principles. Aristotle, the unmoved mover. What moves the unmoved mover? It, it, it's just absurd. So the, the philosophy is grounded on there. And then as you can see with any good conspiracy theory, Everything is about getting you to accept one initial premise, usually that's clouded, or they um, they will cloud it, or they will present it in an overly complicated way, so you feel like, I'm just not smart enough to get it, and then from that false premise, you build the story, and that's where you get to, I'm going to, I think, I think a quote, not a quote, um, a gist of what he said was, I am Jewish, I'm going to make use this theory to create a Jewish spaceship and take the Jews off this planet. And you're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? This is like the people that uh, freaking did the Kool-Aid and jumped off the buildings to go into the UFOs. It's absolutely insane. So I don't know why the owls wanted me to look at that theory, but yeah, it's garbage. It's terrible science. It, it doesn't, it's not philosophically consistent. Uh, it violates first principles right off the bat. It's a terrible theory and uh, probably will end up nowhere other than in the crazy minds of a cult of people who think they're going in the magic Jewish spaceship to Mars with Eric Weinstein. So that's my take for you. <laughs> I watched the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Jasmine says, happy full moon. Oh, awesome. It's the ha full moon. Uh, you took that far too seriously. <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a magician and I have a lot of friends who are magicians and I also have a lot of friends that are comedians. So, um, excessive drug use is prevalent in a lot of those communities. So I, I, I take a very hard stand against it. Um, magicians have a tendency to do that too. Give them that. Um, but I drink alcohol. I don't have any problem. I think all things in moderation are fine, but, um, when it comes to things that, once the thing is affecting your consciousness, that's when I have a problem with it. Like, I've heard that there's some benefits to extremely small uh, doses of the, the the mushroom one, I think. The one that's like LSD, but it's a mushroom. Um, apparently, like, with people with PTSD, it can help them in extremely small doses, handled by a doctor. So I, I have no problem with that. Um, also, you know, a slight euphoria, caffeine, alcohol, those, that doesn't bother me. It's when you, it's whatever the substance, and this doesn't have to be a substance, it could be a entertainment. Whenever it's taking control of your consciousness, 
um, where you're not in control of your consciousness, that's the thing I have a problem with. I try to avoid those things. And that could be, you know, a TV, that could be video games, that could be uh, your phone, whatever it is, Th those things are there. By the way, now that we have a get share an extra name. Oh, sorry. I, it cut in and then it cut out and then it cut in again. So well, welcome back, welcome. Stay strong, owls. Uh, Facebook will kick us off occasionally. But what I was saying is like, follow, and share to get share next to your name to qualify you for a $10 reading. Once you have qualified for the uh, $10 reading by sharing the stream, it will have share next to your name. All you got to do is go in the comment section and say free reading, and you can claim one of the three free readings that is available right now. Um, but yeah, has anyone else seen any of the owls are recommending it? Have you guys seen the interview with Eric Weinstein with... Joe Rogan, you guys were really interested in me seeing that, saying it was gonna blow my mind, it's the future. Um, one thing that I could take away from it that I found was interesting, um, you know, obviously the theory is completely garbage. Um, it's not, it's very poorly founded and the man is clearly ill. Um, what I did see in it though is his madness is the madness of a Nietzschean. He's uh, a person, and. I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know his background. I might be 100% wrong on all of this. This is my impression I got from it. The man is not religious, is what I'm thinking. He doesn't have a foundation in truth. He doesn't have a foundation in God. I think he's Nietzschean. He um, is trying to make himself his own God. And that's where the insanity comes from, is this concept of, like, I need to be the the God of my own life and take these things upon myself. And... Uh, what happens when you do that is you fail miserably because you're a human. And that's because you're not, it, it's the, the false confidence, trying to take the rights, the, the, uh, the, the gift of God that God gave you and trying to use it to become better than him or to become him because you don't believe in him. Uh, any of those paths lead to failure and destruction, Tower of Babel in a nutshell. And clearly... Um, it seems to be strongly correlated with madness as well. So um, I think that that's kind of what's at play here is he refuses to give the first principle. All first principles are almost by def definition. If, if you take like a Pascalian uh, view on it or even an Aristotelian view, it's the first principles of logic and truth presuppose a God of some sort, something that writes the laws of logic um, something that makes true and false. And if you don't have that, you can't get first principles. If you can't get first principles, you're just, you have nothing. And that's kind of the, the whole philosophical point. So his whole theory is founded on this concept of like, well, what if first principles wrote first principles? It's like, so who was outside of the first principles to create the principles? And it, it sounds complicated, but like, think about it like a video game. It's kind of like saying like, well, why are there rules in a video game? Well, maybe the rules of the video game wrote the rules of the video game. N no, someone had to program the video game. They're outside the video game. They're able to stop the video game whenever they want and view a section of it and edit the code and zoom back out and zoom back in. They have full knowledge, but also can choose to not have knowledge of different parts at different times. It's completely within their control. It's their, their story, the programmer. That's, that's more or less distilling that down to a more concept. And his concept is saying, well, what if the video games just wrote itself? It's like, you're, you're missing the point. <laughs> thank you, Jasmine. Thank you. 
like Joe Rogan gets on my nerve, can't listen to him. He Joe Rogan, the that's uh, the other guy, not Eric Weinstein. The other guy, Jasmine, awesome. You have qualified for the first reading. What would you like a reading regarding? Let me know, Jasmine. Um, Joe Rogan is a fantastic uh, interviewer. The man is incredibly gifted. Um, just in, a very wise person indeed. Um, or wise, what am I saying? Uh, very uh, gifted communicator. I don't know if he's, he he's, well, because he's a gifted communicator, he doesn't really inject himself in. What I've noticed is a very powerful talent that I'd like to acquire personally, I wanna practice it, is he pulls the information out of people and then he kinda like punches it up, like a comedian punches up their jokes or punches up a movie script. He kind of takes their idea and then he's like, boom, let me add a little, boom, 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 add an inter entertainment into it and then try to restate this in a way that's entertaining, positive, but also lower down so that more people can understand it. He basically like broadens up the market. It's very gifted what uh, Joe Rogan is able to do. I'm, I'm kind of really impressed at his communication skill. I, I want to I want to study him more. So for the, that was one thing that was very valuable. So thank you for sending me that. Um, yeah, he's, it's very impressive because, you know, he's talking to a, a guy that's clearly lost it. Like, okay. Well, I mean, maybe not. He's clearly psychologically distressed. Um, he, he's, he's nervous. He's upset. He's calling for overthrowing of the U.S. government. Like, the dude is really out there. Um, he's like, we need to overthrow the United States government because there aren't enough masks. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's not enough masks, so you have to overthrow the... It's just, you know, incoherent mess, um, obviously. And, and, you know, insane theories that are clearly disproven with even an iota of philosophical thinking. Um, it, it's an absurd... I've never heard of him. He's a... Joe Rogan is a podcaster. He uh, interviews a lot of people. But he took this mess of a guy named Eric Weinstein and kind of started trying to you could find out because you could see the moment where he stepped into this insanity and joe rogan's just like wait what i you're what do you i'm huh <laughs> and then joe rogan plays it off really nice and really casual he's like i must just not be that smart man because i'm not getting it and it's like no joe rogan's clearly intelligent you can tell by his verbal skills alone the dude's probably 130 iq minimum the dude's a bright guy um it's just that what he was saying was nonsense and didn't make any sense it was just gibberish a word salad um you're not missing much he's annoying he started as a comedian turned polit politician that makes sense so he's a, he is a comedian okay cool uh wait he's a he's a politician huh that does not that does need to happen but the that wouldn't be why what do we what are we talking about um there are games that write as you play what's happening here oh i'm sorry jasmine just a general please generally are generally based from political views before their character that's true um politicians are just people but it's also important to note that the profession of being a politician requires you to be a liar you you can't be an effective politician and be uh truthful the it's not an effective strategy. If you are a truthful politician, you are being dishonest or you're being a, a poor politician. Um, it's kind of a prerequisite for the job because the politicians are supposed to suspend uh, truth in, in our current system. Like obviously if you take the platonic perfect 
system of the philosopher king sitting at the top. Um, yes, but we've never, that doesn't exist because there isn't a perfect philosopher king other than Jesus. And then when he came onto the earth, we killed him. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so we, not, not the best strategy. Um, but that being said, Mr. Uh, you, you, you have to lie to be a politician. That's just like in the, the, you know, read the prints. That's what it is. It's like, you have to say what is most effective for the people, not what is true. That's, that's the, the, you have to be an evil person behind the scenes to make it look like society is going great. That's the prince. Machiavellianism. What is this? Uh, <laughs> squirrel, 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 squirrel. <laughs> oh, oh yes, I'm getting distracted by my reading. Right, Jasmine, welcome. I finished catching up with the comments now. Let's get started. Thank you, TJ, for the squirrel alert. Um, all right, let's get Jasmine's general reading going. Jasmine, are you still here? Welcome, Jasmine. Jasmine, are you with us? Jasmine, can you make a noise for me, Jasmine, by hitting the hot, hit the hot emoji, or, or send a comment, and I will know that you're here. I'll get started here. Let's see, what does Jasmine need to know? I think that'll be good. Let's go with that. Oh, oh very. Oh, Jasmine, you've got an interesting one. Welcome, Taylor. How's it going? Hey, Claire, how's it going? I can tell you that I'm married to a politician. He is very much a politician who works for the people, too. Major politicians were afraid to expose them, so did everything to ruin his campaign. Exactly. So you're, you're getting it. So even no matter what level you're at, like, you get in trouble. You get shut down. So you've seen it from the inside out. Like, if you go up, so like, let's take it, forget, and I'm sure this will probably upset a bunch of people, but let's just take Trump as a person. Um, Trump is our president. He's a politician. Right now, like this Eric Weinstein guy was talking about, there's a shortage of masks. Is the president supposed to say, uh, guys, we're all out of mask and you're all going to die. Uh, horrible fear. The virus is coming. You're dead. Even if that was true, should he say that? And be, would he be a good politician if he did? No. What he's supposed to do is uh, calm the people, settle things down, keep it uh, the, the craziness behind the scenes, tone down the emotional and the fear and the stress and the, the risk that's at play. And he's supposed to communicate it so that you guys take the actions that will be most beneficial to increase the chances of better all over well-being for everyone. That's the theory, at least. He wants to tell a lie there. He wants to say, like, uh, there is a shortage of masks. However, we have a lot of plans in the work. We're trying to get that resolved right now. It's not really a big issue. You can also resolve this uh, same concept of a mask by separating from six feet. That, that would be... Yeah, obviously, he would use rhetoric and more emotion and persuasion, but he's required to lie in that situation, to be a good politician. He's not just supposed to say, yeah, we're out of mask. It's a horrible situation. We're all going to die. Like, yeah, he's just, don't do that. <laughs> hey, Taylor. How's it going? Uh, he says, hi, Tyler and fellow Alice. Welcome. Welcome. Jasmine, I didn't see your comment here. Are you still here, Jasmine? Let me know. I will uh, get started with your reading. If not, you can go back and rewatch this here. Um, sorry, I, I got a lot of comments and responded to them. But I, TJ and I discussed this last night, and I think <clears throat> good policy here is once the reading starts going and the person is here and ready to go 
and um, like we get the, the cards dealt and we start going, I'm going to focus on the reading and then I'm going to catch up with your guys' comments afterwards. So we're going to kind of do it in chunks. Um, but Jasmine, are you here? She says, I'm a girl, Tyler. I'm sorry, Taylor. I'm a Tyler and I'm a man. So obviously my bias is going to be towards thinking I'm a man. <laughs> Oh, I have something in my throat. It's very annoying. My fault. Sorry. No problem. No problem at all. Um, <laughs> all right, Jasmine. I'm going to continue on with the reading here. Let me know in the comments if you show on up back, and we're going to get going. Again, if you'd like to get a free reading, like, follow, and share to get share an extra name, and that will qualify you for a $10 reading. If you'd like to get a reading for free, uh, all you need to do is like, follow, and share to get a $10 reading. Let's begin. So we're seeing the Queen of Heart, uh, Diamonds here showing up. So the Queen of Diamonds is about patience with the material. So this is an interesting state to see yourself in. This is a great state to see yourself in. Jasmine is here. Welcome, Jasmine. Glad to hear it. All right, so we're seeing the Queen of Diamonds showing up, okay? So the Queen of Diamonds is telling us to be patient with our emotions. This is saying uh, this is a time right now where we're really focusing, or I'm sorry, not patience with our emotions, patience with the physical. You know, money may have slowed down uh, our... We're setting long-term health goals. We're setting long-term financial goals. We're looking to the future, which is a great mindset to be in. And this was spurred apart because of this energy here, the Ace of Diamonds. A new situation with the material world has arisen that's causing you, instead of thinking day-to-day -day or week-to-week, -week, you're actually thinking longer-term now. You're like, well, what, what does this look like in six months, a year? So you've really spread out your timeline of perception, um, which is a great spot to be in because that's where you can really found goals and really set up plan to take action on and go on a hero's journey. So we're seeing yourself showing up there. Now, the lower level motivations, what is the subconscious? What's at play here? What's interesting here is it's the lovers coming up. So right now, there's actually, it's a, a, a love, a passion. Now, this could be a relationship. It usually is. But this also could be a love for an art or something that you're passionate about. This is about just a deep and profound love. So that's under the surface. You may not even be aware that the reason that you're thinking long-term right now is because of this love. But that is one of the underlining forces of what's going on here. Now, your higher level motivation, this is what you're aware of. This is what you say is the reason why um, you're thinking long-term now. And that's the seven of diamonds. So really what the seven, you're telling yourself is like, the reason I'm thinking long-term right now is I really want confidence in my material. I really want to build something long-term and financial, something stable. So combined with the lover's card here, it might be about getting a stable relationship, a stable job, really just getting nice, stable, material world, setting, you know, planting your seeds and growing your garden, as it were, for your life. Now, finally, we have the past motivation here, which is the Ten of Hearts. The Ten of Hearts is about the completion of an emotional chapter. So what spurred this long-term thought is there was a way that you were living, an emotional state that you were in that was kind of just going and going and going, and it was recently disrupted. It broke, and now you've thought, Wow, if that ended, if that chapter ended, what do I need to think of into the future? What is the future hold and how can I plan accordingly? So that's what I'm seeing right now for you uh, in this current state, Jasmine. Is that sounding accurate? Does that feel accurate for you? Let me know in the comments below and we'll move on. Um, 
if it's not accurate, I want to make sure that we align this to make sure that it is accurate for you. But let me know in the comments below if you think that was accurate. And I will start setting out the uh, next setup here. Let me know, Jasmine. Let me know in the comments below. You could also hit the hearts a bunch of times. On point, glad to hear it. Awesome, thank you, Jasmine. Glad to hear that that's accurate for you. Uh, I'll read your comment later, Taylor, um, at the end of this reading. So the Jack of Wands is telling me uh, what the near future holds. So what, ooh, ooh, we got a fun reading ahead of us. Okay, okay. So the Jack of Wands is the near future. Uh, so we're seeing taking action on spiritual growth. So this could be about, um, you're thinking in the material right now, you're planning out your future financials and your health. What the Jack of Wands is saying is, hey, let us instead get our principles down. What do we love? What do we care about? What are our core beliefs? What's our religion? What's our philosophy of life? Then let's build the material on top. So you're grounding it in the life that I want to live. So for example, let's say you want to live a life where you work 20 hours a week and uh, live um, a life of travel. Okay. Uh, but you're not too concerned with luxury travel. In fact, you like hostels, you like Airbnbs, that kind of situation. You can go and do math, a math equation of how much is a cheap Airbnb, how much is uh, traveling by car, airplane, blah, 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 fill in the blank, plan out your road trip. How much does it cost for me to eat while I'm traveling? And what are all my other expenses? You can make that column add it up plus 1.2 to get the taxes accounted for it, then take that number, do 1.10 so that you have savings, fill in the blank, do what you want. If that's your philosophy, if that's the life that you wanna live, if that's your plan, you need to figure out what that number is and then divide it by 20 hours a week and then divide that by four for a month and then you know how much an hour you need to make remotely to be able to live that life. That's one example. You can see how that's totally different than I want to live in the suburbs and raise a family on a house with one acre and have a garden and have some chickens. Those are two totally different strategies. That one, your, your might, expense might be huge. You, you need a $5,000 a month mortgage if you live here in California. Um, so, hey, maybe California is off the table, but what about Connecticut? You know, like, so there's totally different variables that come into play based on what your philosophy is. So it's very important to ground your planning in what you really want at a core deep principled level and then build the plan out from there now what is your reaction going to be when you start building this plan very beautiful to see is the fool so you're right on your new adventure you're seeing the future you're on the step this is what uh, wizards love to see here is fool that's the the hobbit in his hole grab him by his scruff throw him out of the hole and say get on your adventure let's go and that's a great card to see because it's a beautiful attitude to have towards this card now the environment that you're in right now that's allowing this is actually a state of spiritual growth so this is actually tying in with this jack of uh wands here so that's great to see you're surrounded in the environment where the fil the philosophy is before you you don't need to go to outside sources you have the information in your environment right now to really think what do i want you've had the life experiences to know what you'd like and what you don't like and so you can make better plans now now finally what we have here is the secret information that you need to know that you don't know that you should know tj says timing 
Uh, Jasmine says, thank you, wizards. No, no, no problem. Um, so the secret information you need to know that you don't know is the King of Hearts. So the King of Hearts is about knowledge of emotions, knowledge of um, how you're going to feel about this situation. So what you see here is that there was a completion of an emotional chapter in the past. Everything up until that point, no emotion involved. So this tells me you were probably hurt in the past by an emotional problem. And so now what you're kind of trying to do is push emotion aside and think, just think things through and be the rational person in the room. So what this is saying is we need to consider our emotions in this situation. We need the emotional information. That doesn't mean it's the be all send all, but we have to understand where our emotions are coming from, why they're coming, are they important, and are they relevant to the problem that I'm dealing with right now? So this is saying, do not just disregard your emotions. You really need to factor these into your planning process. If you're doing a long-term plan, start with your foundation and take into account what your emotions are telling you. It doesn't mean that they're right, but you need to regard them. If you choose to take this information all into account, what you can expect is a new emotional stability. So what this is gonna put you through is you've had that completion of the emotional chapter, but by setting up these plans and taking action on them and factoring in your emotions, you can expect a new stability of emotional state that uh, ending here and giving you a structure to build your life on. So that is the reading I have for you today, Jasmine. Was that accurate? Did, it, did you feel like that uh, gave you some insights and benefits? Let me know in the comments below. And I will check out what you guys are saying in the comments right now. And if you'd like to get a reading like Jasmine just received, like, follow, and share to get share an extra name that will qualify you for the $10 reading. If you uh, share the stream, go into the comments and say, I'd like a reading, and that will get you a $10 stream. 15 second delay between my phone and the computer. My phone is faster. Confused? Awesome. All right. What did we miss out? Claire apologizing for sending me on a spiral, but it was an intended spiral. It's the title of the stream, Claire. Don't worry. <laughs> we didn't time it out. Forgot there is a 30 second delay between video and chat. Spam those hearts. It lets Tyler know he's right. That's correct. Jasmine says on point. Thank you. Tyler, I have something a bit crazy going on in Lovely Speaking. I'd love to hear what insight a reading would give me at this point. Need some sort of guidance. All right, Taylor, let's put you down. Taylor has claimed the second of the free readings. Taylor, did you share the stream? Let me know. To claim that $10 reading for free, Taylor. Sure she has. See, I said she. I'm working on it. All right. Tejas is timing. I caused you to squirrel. You did. <laughs> it's see what it is is my archetype was an owl. Owls, uh, it's, you're just like sitting there. It's like wisdom about tootsie rolls, and then you're just like pray. What were we talking about? Oh right. <laughs> it's how I am with ideas that are vulnerable. Um, when I find weak ideas that are spreading pain, I see them as prey, and I I want to destroy them. That that's my my approach. I just like to just violently, overwhelmingly destroy them with truth and and shatter them beyond recognition because I don't like false ideas. Um, false ideas that are intentionally perpetrated to make people's lives miserable bother me, which is what nihilism, atheism, that whole curse is about, really. It's, it's a psychological trick. 
sad. All right, Taylor, thank you, wizard. Timing, I got you the squirrel. You did cost me a squirrel, 15 second delay. Uh, Jasmine's from Australia. Awesome, thanks, wizard, no problem. How's it going, Jasmine? You guys have had a rough time, my goodness. First, your entire country, entire continent caught on fire. Then, um, after you put out the fires, I think they're still going though, right? Um, so after the, the fires are going, you, you've got the regular monsters that live around you, the, the, the gators, the kangaroos, the spiders, the poisonous snakes. And now you're getting attacked by a very aggressive beer sniffle. How does, how does the beer sniffle virus compare to the fires? Let me know. I want to know. What is, what is your take on it, if you've lived through both? Taylor says, yay, of course. I always share. Top fan here. Heck yeah, you are, Taylor. All right. And I think we're all caught up on comments here. So if you'd like to get a free reading like Taylor is about to receive, like, follow, and share to get share next to your name. And you will be qualified for the $10 reading. We have one free reading left. The rest are paid readings, which you can give me at paypal.me forward slash askwizard, where you can support this by paying whatever you think a reading is worth and receiving your reading. Or you can simply support this because you want to support what you love. However, do not support if you cannot afford it right now. We are in tough economic times. I am doing just fine, guys. Only pay if you can afford it and you'd like to support with all that being said, let us get Taylor's reading going. But first, some water. Hmm, Taylor's interested in a situation regarding a relationship and love. Let us find out. Oh, I can't do that one right now. Uh, so for my private sessions, I have, like, little cards that I have that I reference um, to do more complicated readings. They're basically mnemonics. Um, we have one specifically regarding relationships, but uh, I can't do it straight from memory, I don't think, because that's combining one memory palace with another memory palace. That's going to be tough. We could try it. We could try a quasi one, but if it, if it goes a little weird, I apologize. How, are you all right with that? <laughs> I need your email. I tried to send on PayPal last night, and it said I couldn't find you. Oh, it's paypal.me forward slash ask a wizard let's see would you be interested in me f foolishly attempting to do a relationship reading from memory without my cue card <laughs> i can try it let's find out let me know in the comments below taylor legendary taylor in the chat I'll just go ahead. I'm going to start doing it. If you if you change your mind, let me know. I don't like dead space. I'm not too... I'm not... Too, I have no... I don't have a real problem with it. But I know it bothers a lot of people who listen to the podcast. So... <laughs> so I don't... I try to avoid it for you. I'll DM you. Foolishness is accepted. All right. Let's try this, Taylor. All right. So, we want to look into the concepts of the philosophers of love. So, what are the factors that most people, when they're talking about a relationship, they're looking for relationship advice, um, a, sound, a center foundation is really regarding things related to your... Uh, your alignment. So it, it's not just about a physical relationship or an emotional connection 
or a um, an emotional connection or a uh, spiritual connection or a physical connection or even a similar thought connection. Um, so I'm dealing out some cards here. Whenever you like, tell me to stop um, and we're going to uh, just, yeah, let me know whenever you'd like me to stop dealing cards. So basically what I'm doing here is getting, separating them by colors. So, or by suits, I should say, because this is the different quadrants we want to consider so that we take all the things into consideration. Hey, how's it going, Robin? If you'd like to get a reading, Robin, like, follow, and share to get share next to your name. And let me know when you would like me to stop, Taylor, or I'm just going to go with my instincts here. Basically, we're just trying to get a selection so that there's enough to where it's random and separate. Boom. I would love a reading or whatever you're doing. I'm intrigued. Awesome. Taylor says stop. Sweet. All right, Taylor. Stop in there. Sweet. Toss this one. We have two arcane cards that came up. So really what's going on here is we need to consider our relationship from all four sectors. So what I've been doing is sorting them by uh, suit. Now, Taylor, we have the uh, Tower and the Death card. This would be easier if we were doing a uh, FaceTime one-on-one. -on -one. Um, in this case, because it'll take time with the delay, I'm going to just take these, I'm gonna mix them up. And then I'm going to place one over here. I'm gonna place one in here. Um, and in, in general, if we were doing the FaceTime, I'd have you pick the decks, but there's a delay, so it's a little hard. So now we're gonna mix these up. So that's the arcane level. That's the divine entering into the real world. Um, so if they come up, you know, it's a very serious thing. Um, something to take into consideration. It's also rare to see it come up here. But what we wanna do is really factor in your relationship from the four quadrants rather than just one, which is what most people do. They get fixated on one aspect of their relationship. And I've noticed that a lot of problems come from that. It's like, I just don't feel in love with them anymore. And it's like, yeah, but he also has the same spiritual foundation as you, the way that he thinks, and you are attracted to him physically. So you're going to disregard those three other quadrants that are at play because the temporarily one of them is a little bit lower, and that's not the best approach. Instead, you want to take a holistic approach, and that's what we're going to do here. So we've mixed these up and made them quite random. Um, the first one we're looking at here is spiritual development. So this relationship that you have here, my goodness, I forgot this whole thing. Uh, thank you very much, Robin. You have claimed the last of the free readings. Uh, obviously, we need to put you in the middle. So <laughs> the Eight of Spades is about um, advancement in your wisdom, advancement in your knowledge. So right now you're learning new things about this relationship and your love life, and that's the state that you're in right now. Now, from the spiritual level, you're actually learning a lot about spiritual growth as well. So that's what the Eight of Wands is showing us here. So um, awesome. I'm glad to hear that that's accurate for you, Taylor. So the Eight of Wands is saying that we want to, in regards to our relationship, really focus on growing the spiritual aspect of our relationship um, and our love life. We want to find people who really connect with us on a spiritual level and cultivate that. Right now, this is saying there might be a little bit of neglect here. Not neglect, but this is saying that there's a level that you're at and you've kind of stalled. You want to take that to the next level. So that's the first thing to consider in here. Now, from the emotional side, interesting. So we got the two of hearts. So the two of hearts showing up here is saying, hey, one of the things that we need to factor in right now is with the two of hearts is you need to make a choice about emotions. Um, 
I'm not entirely sure what this means for your situation specifically, but my intuition is telling me, um, I'm trying to think of a nice way, you know, obviously this is a public reading, um, but more or less maybe sometimes um, information comes to you that's neither positive or negative, but you read an emotion into it. Um, maybe you're kind of preferencing the choice of emotion. You, you know, someone comes at you with good or neutral and you try to interpret that into uh, a negative. Um, so that's kind of what we're seeing here. And this could be coming from the other side as well, but this is an issue that's coming up here. So what this is saying is, hey, let's focus on that problem. Because if someone comes at you and it just says like, hey, how's it going? Well, I'm doing great, I'm doing fine. It's like you're bringing a negative emotion to the problem that wasn't there. And so maybe be aware of that issue. Guard is always up, torn between two. You can say awesome. Uh, well, not awesome. I'm sorry to hear that. But um, I'm glad to hear that this is accurate and giving you some insights there. Now, what do we need to consider from the physical aspect? The Queen of Diamonds. Interesting, interesting. Um, so the Queen of Diamonds is saying uh, patience with the physical parts of your relationship. Now, taken into the context that this is a relationship-based reading, the Queen of Diamonds also tends to mean uh, focusing on the marriage on the long term, thinking about um, a quality life. This is about the the not just getting a partner who is physically attractive, but someone that you want to be with for the rest of your life, that you want to build a family with. That would be what the Queen of Diamonds is saying to focus on in that quadrant. And then finally, we have the thought the the logos the logic so there wow <laughs> well then there's sometimes serendipitous moments here where you get the king of spades the archetypical husband and the queen of diamonds right next to each other um and then and you can read into that what you need to my goodness that's interesting um but what that's saying there is the king of spades is about a fixation um on the the knowledge and the logic the logos so this is about making sure that the person that you're with stimulates you intellectually um not necessarily meaning that they're as smart as you or uh smarter than you or less smart but more being that hey there are things that we can uh, discuss and share together that uh we have in common it's not like two alien species visiting they're like for for example myself i'm i'm pretty weird i read da vinci or da vinci what do i say I read, uh, I was reading about Da Vinci today. That's probably why I said that. Uh, Dante's Inferno. Uh, I'm reading Dante's Inferno, Aristotle. I do magic and, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very odd bird. Let's put it that way. And Alex is not like that at all. That we're very different people, but we work very well because she grounds me. I'm, I'm kind of in this abstracted world and she brings me down to the real, the real world. She's the diamond, if you will. She, she really grabs this. I'm, I'm very high in the, in the wands and in the spades, the, the logos. And so Alex comes in and is my diamond and she really grounds that situation. Says, hey, Tyler, I, I get, I get the, the fight between logic and truth and reasoning and battles, but do you want to watch some anime? <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. Or, hey, want to go to Disneyland? Hey, want to hang out? Why don't we go and hang out with our friends and play some board games? And like, yeah, you know what? That is awesome. Let's go do that. And she, she understands that. So she is very beneficial in that regard for me. She has to be one of them. She is. She's a fantastic woman. Um, so what this is saying here, though, is 
just what I'm trying to say here is despite the fact that I have this uh, very high logos um, centered mind, her and I have things that we can think about together. Like we can both enjoy animes together. That's our thing. We really like anime. Uh, we'll play video games together. Uh, certain video games, some video games, she kind of gets tilted. Um, so we don't play those. But other games she really enjoys. So that's kind of the what you want to make sure is that there's at least some ground of your relationship where you guys meet each other and can enjoy the conversation together and it doesn't feel like one person's having to drag the other person along through the conversation. Um, so like if I was sitting and talking with Alex about marketing, that would probably be really tedious for her and tedious for me because it's like, all right, so catch up with the 10 years of experience. Now, if I was teaching her, that's a different thing, but more or less, you get the idea. This is about relationship, not a tutoring <laughs> experience. Now, if you choose to take these things into consideration, the main thing that you need to focus on, Taylor, is interestingly enough, the Jack of Wands. Okay, so finally, it's taking action on the spiritual development. So really, this is about saying, finding the person in your life that meets the category of your King of Spades right now. Uh, find the person not that has already um, made it. Don't go for the person who's already done it. Instead, you want to make your instinct about finding the person who has the potential to be great. Um, the perspective that you're wanting to look from here is that the Queen of Diamonds here is who is the person that I see, not that is perfect now, but in 15 years will be amazing and can be better by me coming into the picture and making his life wonderful, by making him less stressed, by making him happier, by making his life wonderful so that I can fully flourish in his skill set. That's what the, uh, the, the combination between the Queen of Diamonds, the Jack of Wands, and the King of Spades come into play. It's like a support. Uh, if you're familiar with video games like League of Legends, you have your ADC. That's the, the guy that does a lot of damage. And then you have your support who protects and helps and heals. And they work together synergistically to become more powerful than any of the other lanes. So that's uh, some League of Legends philosophy for you right there. <laughs> um, but I'm sure that that makes sense from more than just a video game. And so that is my from memory... Uh, love reading. I hope that I that was beneficial for you. I hope that gave you some insights, Taylor. Let me know in the comments below if that was beneficial, and I will read them right now and catch up with the rest of the comments. Yes, she's been one love video games. Taylor loves video games. Awesome to hear. You always say everything that makes sense. I just appreciate your reading so much. Thank you. No problem, Taylor. I appreciate that. I'm saving that for my memory wall. Boom. I'll read it when the mean people come out and tell me that I'm a demon. All right, let's see. Crushing. Thank you very much, Taylor. Um, Taylor will DM me. Thank you. All right. Robin, you'd love a reading or whatever you're doing. Uh, I'm intrigued. All right, Robin, we can get you a free reading. What would you like a reading regarding? Uh, let me know in the comments below, Robin. Uh, to get a free reading, you need to like, follow, and share to get share next to your name, and that will qualify you for the $10 reading. <sighs> I'll eat those hearts. Taylor says, stop. I mean, if I have to. Crushing. Robin already shared. All right. Thank you, Robin. Let me know what you'd like a reading regarding, Robin. Literally shaking my head in agreement. Awesome. Isabel says, me, please. I've already given away all the free readings today, Isabel. Uh, Isabella, if you'd like to get a free reading, or if you'd like to get a free reading, go to next stream, which is tomorrow at 9 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Uh, share the stream, and you will get a share an extra name that qualifies you for the $10 reading. 
or you can get a paid reading right now by going to paypal.me forward slash ask a wizard and pay whatever you think a reading is worth and you will receive a reading. Taylor says, yes, she has to be wonderful. Alex is wonderful. Makes sense. Loved video games. I'm glad to hear that you love video games. And thank you very much. And Robin has returned. Business, me, please. I'm a psychic medium. Hi, Robin. I am not a psychic or a medium. I'm a wizard. I study archetypical story, philosophy, magic, and illusion. Um, I have used this deck as a mnemonic system. It's a memory palace. And each card I have memorized a philosopher, an archetypical story, and uh, various other pieces of information. And this acts as a memory tool for me to remember it. And then you bring your individuality. So in this case, you have your problem that you want to consider. And I say, hey, have you considered it from this perspective? What about this perspective? How about this perspective? So uh, rather than communicating with angels, demons, or spirits, we don't do any of that here. I am founded in logos and truth. I follow philosophy and uh, I am a Christian. The only spirit I'm involved with is the Holy Spirit. So uh, with that all being said, let's get started with a business reading for Robin. First off, interesting, a lover card. Robin, what this brings to my attention is there's this, uh, this dark figure I see a, a dark figure leaning over you that, that's seeking you to be their apprentice. They're, um, they're a bit eccentric. Very rich, though. Very wealthy. Um, I don't know. It's something, the, something about the current events with the beer sniffles comes to mind. But it, it's not that. What is this? And then there's a clown. I don't know why the clown comes to my mind. It's odd. It's like a... Robin, you need to go find Batman. <laughs> all right so that's my bit i'm done all right let's get your reading going <laughs> Pretion, he's awesome thank you very much robin all right uh if i'm going to grow that's amazing all right let's take a look at what robin needs to know regarding her business now that we know that the real secret robin is you need to meet batman but while we're waiting for batman to come into your life what is in Robin's current environment that she needs to act on, that she should act on, that she could take action on, that uh, she has the energy to act on? Because those are important qualities to have in the things that are in your environment so that you actually accomplish them. So where are you starting right now? The Eight of Diamonds. So you're in a place right now where you're trying to grow your financial wealth. You're trying to grow financially and develop your business. And let me get off the... Sorry, I'm, I'm back on... I'm still on lover philosopher and we're switching over to uh, business so let's go to that that should work um ignore that you don't need to know what i'm doing I, I know it seems crazy but it would be crazier if i explained what i was doing it just works okay leave me alone <laughs> so the eight of diamonds so the eight of diamonds is telling me you're advancing in your finances you're trying to uh, figure out a way to advance finances and business and um, the material world. That's the state that you're in right now. Now, what is in your environment that you could act on, that you should act on, and that you have the ability and power to act on right now? So the first one is the 10 of spades. This is interesting to see showing up here because the 10 of spades is about the completion of a way of thinking. So this is saying that there's a way that you're thinking right now that actually needs to be ended for you to really progress on this financial journey. Um, this means that there might be... Um, you might be taking a very common problem for entrepreneurs and business owners is taking in a lot of information, but not really acting on a lot of information. Now we see the Jack of Spades popping up here as well. 
May my love needs attention. <laughs> so uh, the Jack of Spades is showing up here in, in combination with the Ten of Spades. So what the Jack of Spades is saying is, hey, not only do we need to, maybe we, we've got enough information, what we really need to do is start taking action on that information. We need to really apply it. Take a small step. Let me get some water real quick. Yes, self-doubt. Okay, so that's making sense. And that tends to be um, a, a productive way of wasting time is what I call it, where commonly when we feel fear, um, you know, you have the negative ways of dealing with procrastination, doing something that's not related to the task, um, doing other things, creating menial tasks that don't matter. Then there's productive forms, um, which is, you go and you, well, I need more information. I need to learn more. I need to learn more. And you are tricking yourself by doing something that is still kind of, you call it work, but it's not getting you any closer to your goal because you're lacking the action, which you're not taking because of fear or self-doubt. So what this is saying is jack of spades is take the action on it. However, we see the four of hearts here. So what this is telling us is what's in your environment right now is you need to take an action that is so small that it won't affect your emotional stability. So what this might mean is, you know, uh, you have a business, you're making sales, you've seen that Facebook ads are working for a lot of people. Rather than going and investing $1,000 into Facebook ads, start as small as you need to go and just try it out. Maybe that's $50 a month. If it's $50, it's $50. Start as small as you need to small. start with whatever you're trying to do, whatever new thing you're trying to test, until you feel like if this completely blows up and fails, I'll still be emotionally stable. I won't feel any pity at all. Uh, I do this all the time when I test ad campaigns. The only amount I will spend on an ad campaign is the amount that either I or the client feels comfortable losing in the beginning. Because in the beginning, it's the most uh, difficult and expensive part, it's market research. So they have to go out and they have to spend a lot of money on different uh, campaigns to test out what works and what doesn't work. Well, you can segment that and say, hey, what's your budget? You want it, you're okay with the test of 100 bucks? Then let's do 100 bucks. And if that means that the test will go over three months to hit the threshold that we need, then so be it. If you got 1,000 bucks, sweet, we can get this test done in a week. Let's go. And so on and so forth. But your risk tolerance needs to be factored into these decisions. But you need to be factoring this. This 10 of spades is saying, you got to think about your time. Your time is a money. So figure out what your hourly rate is. And when you're going and learning and more and getting more and getting more info and more info and more info, you need to track that time because that has a cost. It's your hourly cost. So if you spend two hours about researching something and you make $50 an hour, you've just spent $100 on that thing. So factor that in too. Start figuring out how to take these small actions that you won't be disturbed by emotionally and start there. Start as small as you need to go. And if that's, I'm going to get one customer, start there. If it's, I'm gonna get one lead, start there. Everyone tries to go big. How does this scale? How does this scale? What, what happens when there's 100,000 people who come in and comment? What if there's um, you know, 150 people signing up for the owls every month? 
I don't really worry about that right now. What I worry about is making sure that the individual owl who signs up and works with me has the absolute best experience I can deliver to them. That's all I care about. And that is what you can apply to any business at any level. It's I am, if I own a taco shop, how do I make the best freaking taco that I can at the rate that I'm charging? That's all I need to do. And obviously that's not all you need to do, but that's all you need to do for that test. Then you need to apply that same logic to the different facets of your business. What do I need to do to test this idea to market? So that could be going to a farmer's market because that saves me a crap ton of money on not having to get commercial real estate and a bunch of nonsense like that. I can test it at a much cheaper price at a farmer's market. That would be an example of what you can do. Start really, really small, get the quality up. Once the quality's there, then you can go and take the same process and think about scaling. All right, now how do I do 10 tacos? Now how do I do 50 tacos? Bruce Lee talks a lot about this, where, uh, or not a lot, but famously talked about it, where it was uh, learn the method first, learn how to punch properly first. The speed will come. And that applies to business too. Get your core foundation perfect. And then the speed and the scale and the income will come. But really focus on making a high quality product and high quality at a very small, non-scalable way, and then worry about scaling. Then th there's a lot of ways to scale things. It's very hard to find something that's productive and works. That's the real rare thing. Now, if you choose to take action on these three things, the result that you can expect is to start grinding. All right, so the Six of Diamonds coming up here. So the Six of Diamonds is about grinding through the finances. This is saying taking time where it's just... We just have to push through. It sucks because we're starting small. And when you go small, I'm not selling you on small is the magic fix all to all of your problems. It's not. If you go small, you're not going to make much money. Okay? That's the start. You're not making much money because, and this is simple economics, supply and demand. There's a much higher demand for those tasks that will make you $10,000 a month. That's why because the, the rate is $10,000 a month. So people will pursue this more competitively. There's a much smaller competition for someone who is okay with making $100 a month selling a really, really good taco. What you need to do is make that your competitive advantage. The longer you're willing to invest in perfecting the product and the marketing and the small scale, the more time that you're willing to deal with making this thing perfect makes you have a competitive advantage when you choose to scale. Um, I worked with some, or worked with somebody, I learned from somebody in college who I obviously wasn't from college because no professor has ever taught someone anything of value um, in the last 50 years because college is a scam, don't go. Um, that being said, <laughs> he was a guest lecturer there who uh, had started churro stands and that's what he did. He started with one churro stand at a farmer's market and he did it perfectly. And he made the best freaking churro stand he could. Once he worked on that for like maybe two, three years, perfecting the churro stand, making what, $1,500 a month if a, from a good churro stand is what I'm thinking, net profit at the end of a month. If you're doing it full time, 60 hours a week. After two years, he then had the perfect business model done. He figured out how to do that thing great. And then he just called people up. He's like, hey, Want a churro stand in downtown Disney? I'll do it. Hey, you want to do an OC fair? I'll go do it. I want to go across the country? Sure, set me up. Because he knew he had the perfect product. He knew how to play that game. Now it's just set me there. 
All I need to do is add a zero here to my inventory, add a zero there, add a zero to my employee line, boom. If I want to deal with 100 churros, I want to deal with 1,000 churros, I want to deal with 10,000 churros, just add the zeros because he knows if I sell 100 churros, I'm making this much back. So if I sell 1,000, I'm making this much back. And you can, he has the figures, he has the numbers, he nailed it down. So the scaling part's actually the easy part. Getting that perfect initial churro stand, that's the hard part. So focus in on that. And that is the reading I have for you today, Taylor. I hope that it was beneficial. Uh, let me know in the comments below if it was helpful. I'm gonna read through them now. It looks like you sent me some. But first, I'm gonna get water so I don't cough. I'm trying very hard. My throat is dry and I really don't wanna cough on the stream because that means I will get a week of comments of you guys saying, he has coronavirus, he's gonna die, he's all over. And I, I really can't. I can't deal with that right now. <laughs> I can't. Um, Taylor says, or the Joker. Let's see. Robin is awesome. Taylor says, or the Joker. Nothing, nothing's crazy. Maybe my love needs attention. Yes, self-doubt. Uh, yep, true. A fun fact about the Joker. Me and Alex are doing the personality types. Um, Something we do in our readings is people take a personality type to kind of figure out self-knowledge experiment. I recommend them taking it. Um, it's based off of the Myers-Briggs. It's called 16 Personality Types. You can all take it. It's totally free. I uh, highly recommend checking it out. You can figure out what your personality types is. It gives you a lot of insight onto who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, career goals, things of that nature. Um, but I found out that I am the same uh, personality type as the Joker from The Dark Knight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a bit odd for me. Um, the Joker from The Dark Knight and then Jack Sparrow. And I forget, who was she? She was, um, uh, if she's still in the chat, she'll let me know. But I know one of them was the elf, the head elf in Lord of the Rings. Um, gosh, what is his name? The, he's the, the, the super, the, the guy that's like the, uh, the elf king of, of the elf place. But she, she's that one. Um, hopefully, if she's in the chat, she'll let me know. If not, I'll, I'll let you guys know at another day. Uh, Robin said, nothing crazy. Yes, he'll doubt. Yep, that's true. Uh, Robin says, oh my God, this is making sense with what I want to add to my business. I'm glad to hear, Robin. That's awesome to hear. And Robin said, thank you. I'm glad to hear that that was beneficial to you. Agent Smith, is that what it is? I don't think it's Agent Smith. Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. The guy who played Agent Smith in The Matrix. Yes, that guy. That's the character I'm talking about. You're right, TJ. Um, and yes, I have seen The Matrix, and its philosophy is wrong, but it also hits on Logos. Um, they missed the first initial step, obviously, but The Matrix is a pretty good testament to kind of, um, it's got a lot of Christian symbolism in it, but it's also inverted for Satanism, so I don't like that part. When you invert archetypes, it, it bothers me, um, mostly because that's what Satan does. <laughs> So that's why a lot of movies, I, I don't like people doing my thinking for, for me. Um, that's one of the reasons I tend to avoid uh, TV and movies. Um, though I have been really enjoying anime. Um, anime tends to be what I found a, a much more pure uh, form of entertainment when it comes to the hero's journey. They're much more uh, correct and it's weird to say that, but like from studying stories, it's like they, they get the story right. We're watching one about My Hero Academia. 
And it's like the people who are the losers are the ones at the bottom of the sociosexual hierarchy, the, the, the worm people, the gross people, um, from Carl Jung's work. They're the people who want to be the kings, but they don't deserve it. And so they like live in the shadows and they're just sick weirdos. And then the heroes are people who pursue excellence and work hard to be great people. It's like a, that's the way an archetype's supposed to be. And then you go and turn on American movie and it's just the Joker being like, oh, society, man, the reason I'm a loser is because of society, bro. It's nothing else. It's nobody, it's not my fault. I have no personal responsibility in this and all. It's just everybody else is the problem, not me. If the world was better, man, I'd be great. It's just like, shut up. <laughs> just stop. I hate it. I hate it. I can't. It's one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time, and it upsets everyone when I say that. Um, but it's true. Other than Stanley Kubrick, who I think is the single worst movie maker in the world, which is another thing that upsets people a lot. Like, me and Stan... I don't like Stanley Kubrick more than Nietzsche, okay? There, I said it. <laughs> it's more neutral than anything. I think of it as rather, uh, dudist. Yeah, it's... So the problem was that the first one was basically revealing the paradigm, right, of the Matrix. Um... So it reveals the, the, the truth, which is there's a reality that is hidden that we aren't able to perceive. Um, this is sort of an illusion. This is a realm that we're in. It's the kingdom of Satan. And there's a higher realm. But what's not portrayed correctly is that once you're removed from that, it's not Satan ruling. It's that's the that's the um, to not be of this realm, to be of the realm of truth is a place of freedom, of power, of uh, quality of love of archetypes of the plutonic cave it, it's, it's a wondrous place um because you're with truth and that which is true and so i guess in a way you could portray it as kind of it's like almost like if you think of uh, so Mr. Smith obviously represents Satan. So the, Mr. Smith is the virus that infects the world and tries to break the creation. But we're not being drained for the creation. That's, I think that's the, the mistake that's made with the Matrix. So it's this portrayal that we're being used, but we're not being used. Instead, it's more, we are in a video game playing the video game, right? We're acting out the video game. Um, and a virus has gotten into the system because of our screw-ups. So basically, we were like, no, no, no. We, we, we want to be able to control our own characters. And it wasn't even that. It was like, I want to create creatures that can control their own characters. And then the first thing that we did was screw up the software and break everything. And then it's infected with this disease, which is Satan. Um, but it ignores the, the programmer at the top. Real friends of the Matrix don't accept the sequels. They don't accept... Oh, is that what it is? Okay, I didn't know that. Well, that would make sense, because the first movie was much better. <laughs> so the, that's what it bothered me, is, like, the first movie was legit, and then all of a sudden it just spiraled into inverted Satanism. Um, they kind of did that with 300, too. 300 was just a pure Christian Western culture. Just great movie. Fantastic movie. Um, and I don't know how it got through Hollywood when it did, and then they subsequently just made a crappy version of it and ruined the entire thing. And you're like, oh, okay, interesting. So that was, that was another one.
oddly, Batman versus Superman wasn't that bad either, but that bothers people too. <laughs> then obviously the Dark Knight was amazing. Um, yeah, so I, I think uh, that was all three readings, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I don't have anyone hanging. That was. Or did we have one more? That was, uh, we did them all, right? I think we did. We had Taylor, we had Robin, and we had, uh, what? We have Joe? We didn't do Joe. Who the heck, who the heck is, what? Now I need to scroll. Jess, there we go, Jess. All right, so we did all three. Awesome. All right, so with that being said, if you guys want to do a paid reading, all you need to do is go to paypal.me forward slash askawizard, and you can get a paid reading at paypal.me paypal forward slash askawizard. I'm going to read an Aesop's Fable, and we're going to close out the stream. <clears throat> the Dog in the Manger. A dog was lying in a manger on the hay which had been put there for the cattle. And when they came and tried to eat, he growled and snapped at them and wouldn't let them go at their food. What a selfish beast, said one of them to his companions. He can't eat himself, and yet he won't let those eat who can. People often begrudge others what they cannot enjoy themselves. Man, isn't that true? Wow, that is powerful. I think that's like... 80% of what I see on, um, like, internet, forms, podcast information that I get sent is just people looking at other people whose lives are amazing and then thinking, like, trying to tear it down. It's just trying to destroy other people's joy. Just try to destroy the happiness and love in other people's lives because they don't have it themselves. And that's a disgusting behavior to have. And... It's quite unfortunate. And, and, and luckily in the real world, that doesn't exist. But there's something about the internet that... Specifically, like, the internet and the people who create things for the internet regularly that kind of brings that part out of them. You see it in Hollywood. You see it in magic. You see it in comedy. Uh, there's just a large attraction to people who, rather than just trying to make their lives wonderful and live a fantastic life, it's about looking at other people with great lives and being like... Well, that person sucks. Well, that person did this. This person's terrible because of... And they're just trying to tear him down. So that's a great Aesop's fable to see popping up there. Very insightful. Very wise. And then you just get better. <laughs> that's the middle path. The truth. The logos. The Christ path is to not be... To be in the world, but not of the world. To make things that are beautiful. Make things that are good. To make things that are true. That is the path. If you're a Christian. If not, I have no... I don't know what else. There's, there, there's nothing that... There's not really much recommendations out of Ecclesiastes that I can give. Which is... Uh, what was it? Uh, eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow for tomorrow we shall die. Or something along those lines. But the more or less... Uh, the, the Ecclesiastes was... Like, if you don't accept truth and logos... Um, it's kind of difficult to have a, a truly deep and meaningful life. Um, I don't know of any other method for achieving that, and I've never seen anyone who has. Um, I've never seen people without some sort of that religious founding that had a really strong, happy, healthy life. It, it seems like 
but maybe no well, I mean I live in LA it's, it's the majority of people here and it's it's always trying to fill the void with something um and personally I, I and I, the problem is I don't see any reason in pursuing any solution to that outside of Christ be whether or not there is one who knows I, I doubt it but I don't because I already have a very easy solution which is truth so I so I go to truth but that that's my sad way to end this stream. <laughs> I guess it's very depressing. These are the things I, I, I worry about at night. And then Alex grounds me and says, hey, want to go watch anime? And I say, yes, yes, I do. Uh, I do the opposite. Well, if you're leaving, I'm going to go back to watching Sankey's Like Awesome. Yeah, Jay Sankey's a legend at teaching magic. The dude is amazing. Um, yeah, if you're a magician, check out Sankey's stuff. All right, everybody, I'm going to close up the street. Thank you very much for tuning in. I am going to head out. Have a great evening. I'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Pacific Coast time. See you later. Peace.